Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. This is requested so necessarily probably not my normal content but once again this is master of none so we cover all things but today we are going to be talking about water agua shui hto h2o and we have a story that might even upset the water boy and make sure your medulla oblongatas are tied up tight as we get into it So this story is going to be an interesting one. Bear with it as we kind of go through a lot of, I don't know how to best express it, but I'm going to go ahead and play a clip just to kind of get into what today's podcast is about. In the middle of the Arizona desert during one of the worst mega droughts of the past 1,200 years. So you might be surprised to know that a Saudi Arabian-owned company is being allowed to use these pumps to pump unlimited amounts of groundwater to irrigate farm fields in the desert and grow one of the most water-intensive crops there is, alfalfa. Yes, you heard that clip correctly, alfalfa. So you might be asking yourself, why is the Saudi Arabian company that is owned growing alfalfa in Arizona? Now, Master of None research team did a deep dive on this, and they really found some interesting points that we want to lay out. So what's really the the conflict of the story currently is really facing the simple fact that Arizona is in probably one of the worst droughts they've had in over 1,200 years is what they're saying. And as a result of it, the Saudi Arabian company has unlimited ability to pump water within um, to grow this crop. And, And the thing about alfalfa is it's probably one of the most needed um, thing for alfalfa is water. When we think about it, alfalfa needs to be emerged within at least six inches from root to top in order to fully grow. Now, we did the math, and this com- this company name is from Fromora, um, but it's actually part of another company called Almeria, and Almeria in itself has been owned by a Saudi Arabian owned since 1977. But getting into the actual water breakdown, six inches for a crop that's roughly 6,000 acres comes up to about 4 million gallons of water. Now, to the layman, you might be like, how much water is that really? Well, if we think of almonds, almonds are really, um, we think they probably need the most water to grow. When we think about how much water almonds need, it's roughly, I think, a gallon for one almond and like in order to understand this too it's like the human needs half a gallon of water a day and a cow roughly needs 12 gallons a day to grow and whenever you break down the math um whenever we look at kind of in comparison just to kind of kind of getting all over the places is, is water in itself is really really valuable and a cow needs roughly 1200 gallons of water um, to grow. So we can think about it about 12 gallons every day. So if we were to kind of do a compare and contrast about how many um, cows could live off 4 million gallons of water, even if we looked at it in a day, it would be about 390,000 
cows. So when we look at alfalfa, we understand kind of the construct of how much water it takes. Now, the reason why, what's really interesting about this whole thing is that it's actually illegal to grow anything like alfalfa in Saudi Arabia because of the water content of how much water it's taking. So what they have done is they've actually bought a company and they've bought this company, which is, I think it's pronounced, bear with me, um, Fermon? It's okay. So it's called Fondomoto, which is an, it's a, it's a company. We looked it up on Google. It has about 1.2 stars for the review rate for people working there. But it's actually one of the largest dairy companies in Saudi Arabia. So they're growing this alfalfa because really what they have found is that cows who eat alfalfa is eating the best type of, um, I guess you would call it, I don't know what you call it, vegetable. Um, and alfalfa in itself has a higher protein count. So what they're doing is they're actually growing alfalfa, shipping it to Saudi Arabia, and then having their cows eat it. And I want you to think about that because what really could be happening is we could just sell them the cows because we have plenty of cows, but what they're doing is they are using a grotesque amount of American water in order to grow this alfalfa to grow their own cows within Saudi Arabia. Um, and it's something that's been happening for quite a while. I mean, I was finding stories on it dating back to 2016, so this isn't anything any new. I think as a result of probably the water drought, it's one of these things where the story kind of pops its head up and then you have a government official probably trying to make a name for themselves and potentially say, hey, why is Saudi Arabia doing this? But I think what's really, really interesting is a concept that might emerge within our lifetime, which probably is formulated from this, is the idea of climate change economics. Now, this was a topic I probably started researching or really started to think about while I was actually working on my first publication at uh, Fearson and Associates, which is a, it's kind of like a think tank slash, I don't know, they teach analytics to, to, to organizations and companies out of the world. The guy who I worked with was actually an ex-CIA guy, and he used his intelligence um, analytic techniques to then teach other analysts how to look at large amounts of information and break it down, et cetera. They worked a lot in confirmation bias, understanding the part of how the brain thinks and absorbs information. Um, and one of the things that was really, really interesting throughout this is during another publication I was working on, and I was going into the impact of how um, climate change and global warming could affect Antarctica to where Russia could have more icebergs than the U.S. And during my research, what I really found is I was starting to do research in Greenland, and Greenland has some of the most freshwater resources in the world, and I started thinking, what if they started selling that as a result of a water shortage? But what I didn't know at that time is that water shortages were already happening in places like the Middle East, and they've been happening for a really long time. And as a result of it, there's this company that purchased land within Arizona many, many decades ago, and they're producing a lot of alfalfa to then send to Saudi Arabia in order to grow cattle in order to be eaten. Now, I also looked at kind of the company as well. It's publicly traded. It's called Elmar. Um, I'm going to go ahead and spell it for you if you have a little downtime. L, spelled A-A-L-M-A-R-A-I. And I did a deep dive on it to determine if 
their stock prices. I saw they're publicly traded. I thought, is there potentially a senator or congressman who owns this stock? And the answer is no. So it's a pretty good sign. But what's really interesting is how long this has been happening. So if I look at this article right now from Marketplace dating back from 2016, what we really find is it says, what you think of a dairy industry, you probably should picture Wisconsin cheese hats and happy cows, but in, but in California, you might not think that Saudi Arabia, um, but the company has some of the world's largest farms in the world, okay? And it takes a lot of food and water to keep these cows that are problem to live in the desert. Saudi Arabia dairy cow companies have been re relied on important crops like alfalfa, which compare, which will be coming from the U.S. Okay, this is back in 2016. So say you're in Dubai and you've got a sudden hankering for yogurt. I'll probably come, it'll probably come from Saudi Arabia. But if you travel through the Gulf and you see a Saudi Arabian dairy product all over the place, said John Frenskin, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, that's a big industry that's the you know that's a big industry in the region. Feeding Saudi Arabian cows isn't easy, especially since the government announced it will no longer grow. So whenever we're looking at Saudi Arabian cows, isn't easy, especially since the government's announced growing all fodder. I guess is what you call three years to save water within the minerals and important. So if you need food for these cows, will maybe be worth the money because they have to feed the darn things. He said. And it makes more sense to bring it in somehow container loads to Saudi Arabia. So if we're looking at it, Africa looked like a potential growing field in 2009 with 115 square miles of land changing hands. But Rob Tishan of the Oxford Business Group said most of the deals have, have, have boned crops, born crops. There were only about 20% that have actually held in farms. And as a result of it, we found that they may be why Saudi Arabian dairy company Almira, which I talked about before, is buying land in California and Arizona, 1,400 acres so far. The highest upfront cost of the investment is Arizona, California, warning because they have challenges to face. Now, I have no idea why they would buy land here. If I honestly, maybe because maybe the price point was right, but... Going in knowing that there's a water shortage and they're like, we're going to pick Arizona and California and the United States where there's another water storage. And this company was purchased back in 1977, like I said. But what's really interesting is this article goes back to 2016. So this is not a new topic. What's making it new is the drought. So if you're spending this type of money on 1,400 acres potentially for alfalfa, I mean, I can't even fathom how much water that is. I did 4 million gallons based on how much water is needed, okay? And if we look at 6,000 acres, I mean, that's that's quite amount. That's a lot of water. And what's happening is this isn't regulated. So my speculation is there's probably some type of something they purchased that allows them to pump as much water as they need because this is an illegal crop in Saudi Arabia. Now, I think this is really a representation of a lot of things going on in the world. If we look at globalization, we look at potential climate change, we look at the simple fact, too, that people do not want to waver on what they want. This isn't an article about being like, okay, so Saudi Arabia found a new um, innovative way to potentially produce cattle. 
What they did is they found a land they could buy and they took all of their water in order to bring a product to their country in order to maintain some capability of, of having more water. Now, what really makes this story interesting is it puts the point that the United States is such a fertile land that Saudi Arabia can buy actual land and produce enough um, alfalfa to take back to Saudi Arabia and, and, and make what they need to make and actually have cattle as a part of it. Um, now, what I don't know is if the cattle is actually grown in Arizona and they ship that beef back, or if the beef, in fact, is shipped and made in Saudi Arabia. I would speculate that they probably actually just do it in Arizona, feed the alfalfa there, and then send the cows out. So that would make more sense, but, but who knows? But the point of this story, really, is the fact that you have another country buying land and potentially using the resources in the time of a drought. My question is, how many countries are potentially doing this at this moment in the United States, taking things and purchasing it and using purchasing power because their climate does not support the ability to grow? And I think it's one for debate, and it could potentially be a conversation in the future, especially as we build um, up around the concept of water. Saudi Arabia is trying to dump billions into actually building new cities, creating new economies. And if they can't even make their own alfalfa, what is that going to do? I mean, you know, you had the, the prince actually indicating he's going to build a mile-long city, but it's like if you can't even grow the necessary vegetation for cattle, how can you maintain the ability to build new cities without having water? They even want to build a skiing resort within Saudi Arabia. So this is like a weird story where you're like, so you're going to potentially do that, but you don't have enough water, you don't have enough alfalfa within your own country. I think it's one that is really, really tricky. But I think at the end of the day, it just goes to show that there's pockets of land that are purchased from other countries using resources and we're getting to a point that if there's a drought within Arizona, you know, these these companies aren't going to want to these you know, these states aren't going to want to allow foreign entities to come in. And if they are, maybe they should pay triple the tariff, but it really goes to show that how much you paid will never equate to water because water in itself is one of the most important resources. And this this dairy farm probably should have bought land elsewhere if they really wanted to grow this much alfalfa and never think, oh, is this going under is this is this gonna go underwater or dry up eventually? No pun intended. But I think it's something of concern. And it's gonna be interesting if the USDA steps in, how are we gonna have different outlets or what's really gonna come from it, or if they're able gonna be able to pass legislation. So I just wanted to kind of share this off brand story because, you know, it was brought to us by one of our listeners. But it's something, too, that's a little bit you don't think about. You don't think about these kind of under-the-radar stories of other countries potentially purchasing our water and using it for their own good. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.